Welcome back to Mages and Murder Dads, the best show dedicated to the Baldur's Gate franchise and beyond. I'm Cameron, and I play Ticklevar the Sorcerer. And I'm Danny, and I play Balthazar the Barbarian. This is episode 34. The Big 3-4. The Big 3-4, we've been talking about this video game conservatively for 34 hours. Yeah, 34 hours uh, for 68 weeks. 68 weeks? 68 weeks. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. And and we've got a lot to go, honestly. Still, we're still trucking here. But but we are, in fact, trucking. You know what I mean? Like, we're getting there. Mm-hmm. You can feel the 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 game heading towards some, some place inexorably over the horizon, and yet we trudge on boats beating back against the past, the green light, catcher in the rye give you an idea if you were up late at night and you found this show for the very first time right and let's say it's midnight you you stumble upon mages and murder dads and you're like you know what i'm gonna binge this show um you would start at midnight and you would miss work the next day you just wouldn't go to work you would continue until the next midnight so if this is like sunday at midnight we're now monday at midnight and you'd keep going until 10 a.m. And you showed up to work late. This show's about Baldur's Gate, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what the past three minutes would suggest. Oh, God. Uh, hit the like button on this damn video. Mm-hmm. Uh, hit subscribe if you haven't already. If you've somehow made it to this episode. We said that 25 episodes ago. I'm sure. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. You can like us on Facebook, uh, all that's down in the description, and uh, you can come hang out on the Discord, where this evening we had a lively discussion about Dungeons & Dragons. Mm-hmm. We play... Kind of like every every week that happens. <laughs> we have a, a, a fairly robust uh, uh, discussion mm-hmm. about many different tabletop varieties. Some people got some tabletop games going, weekly, bi-weekly in there. You can come and come and drop in, probably, play some of those. We play PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds occasionally. We're gonna start a, a weekly eternal tournament. It's just it's a it's a wild ride over there. It's wild. It's maybe too much. If you just binged all the episodes, you should probably take a nap before you join the Discord. But yeah, after you after you nap, get on the Discord. We also have a Patreon, uh, go, doing really well. We feel very happy about it. Our next goal is at the four hundred dollar mark. We're at somewhere around two hundred right now, and it'd be really great if you uh, went and contributed to that. You can get a newsletter. You can get a special podcast that we create just for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all kinds of really good stuff. It's the real deal. It's the real deal. So, Danny, mm-hmm. what? We are in Chapter 6 now. <laughs> okay. S- Sweet Lord, Chapter 6. Mm-hmm. You want me to give you the Danny synopsis on how we got to Chapter 6 here? Yeah, what happened last episode? What's Chapter 6? You know. So, last episode, Chapter 5. We found ourselves in the Underdark. Uh, we got there through a hole in the ground in a shark, street shark people city. Um, Balthazar just kind of rolled around and, and murdered things, including a silver dragon, and eventually kind of just wandered out to, to no fanfare. Uh, Ticklevar was down there and, and just having a, a real hell of a time with uh, with terrible people called Dark Elves, and he was really doing a lot of stuff that he didn't want to do. But eventually, we came to the surface, and we were back in Om, um, and uh, we, we were immediately kind of introduced to these elves that are being besieged, and that is where Chapter 6 begins. I just want to point something out. You said that Ticklevar was down there mm-hmm. doing things that he didn't want to do. Yeah, that same. That sounded like it was kind of what was happening. Yeah, I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. the the key mm-hmm. difference between <laughs> Ticklevar and Balthazar is that Balthazar never does anything he doesn't want to do. Correct. And Ticklevar, I think, only does things he doesn't <laughs> want to do. I think that's basically his. It, when someone begins telling him what to do, his eyes instead of becoming. Uh, white hot pinpricks of light mm-hmm. 
they become big, wide owl eyes mm-hmm. with with awe and wonder <laughs> and fear. Especially if the person telling Tickle Var what to do has a uniform on, mm. has an honorific of any kind. Yeah. Matron mother, what oh. are you going to do? Oh, what man. are you going to do? But yeah, so so those elves, they're like, hey, we're, our city's being besieged by Irenicus. But he, he went there, and then he sealed it off. And we can't even see our own house anymore. What the hell? That's basically what they said, right? Yeah, none of this made sense to me. I mean... Magic. The, the magic. A, A, number one magic. B, Forgotten Realms magic. Yeah. Which honestly is... Especially when it comes to elves. Mm-hmm. It, it's just kind of like hand-wavy, whatever the hell you want to do. Mm-hmm. When it comes to elves in particular, yeah. Cause, well, cause, this is like this is magic writ large to make an elf city disappear. Yeah. Well, but that's the thing is like so. This is a myth, whatever. It's not myth Draenor, but it's one of those ancient elven cities. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing behind those is they had uh, things that made the cities invisible, and I believe. This is from watching Forgotten Realms lore videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I could be getting some things confused, so please, uh, uh, lore people, let me know in the comments. But I believe that the reason they could be invisible to begin with is because the whole world was besieged by dragons, and they made their cities invisible so the dragons couldn't find them and burn them down. Hmm. And then, all these years later, probably two dozen years later, <laughs> here comes Irenicus, and he's using it against him. But it's it's more than just invisibility, because they can't find it. You would think they'd just be able to walk to him and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's here. Like, it was 12 steps north of this rock. And Look, there's the city. You're thinking way more about it than Ed Greenwood ever did. <laughs> okay? So, mm-hmm. just, why don't you just let this one slide? Okay. But anyway, we gotta get this thing that's called, like, it's not called the Lantern of Insight, because that's a magic card. Yeah. But I think it's the Lantern of Insight. It's like a lantern, you hold it up, and lo and behold, you can see invisible crap. And uh, if you... I think the actual name of it doesn't have lantern in it, but it just has a misspelled version of lantern in it. Isn't that right? Oh, really? It's got like a mystical lantern name? Yeah, yeah. I did not write this down. Okay, good. <laughs> like any um, of it. It's a lantern. So we were basically just told from the get-go, hey, get the lantern. Several elves were very unhelpful when I asked. Like, there was a sergeant, and he was like, I don't talk to outsiders. Even though he's outside of his own house, right? Well, the call is coming from inside Mithdranor. Oh, God. (laughs) So when did Bodhi enter the conversation here? Because I felt like it just kind of got into my journal, and I'm not sure why. I don't think that Bodhi entered the conversation explicitly. I think I think that there's some inference that happened because mm-hmm. I, I believe that the I believe this was the I saw I read all of this at the end of last episode, so I don't exactly remember, but I mm-hmm. believe that it was like uh this lantern thing can't exist in the city. Because if it did it would be revealing the city, I guess. Mm-hmm. So Irenicus must have an agent running around. Mm-hmm. And I think that me the Ticklevar was like, what about Bodhi? And he was like, yeah, it's definitely Bodhi. <laughs> okay. So I feel like that's how it happened. Like, Irenicus had to trust someone who isn't inside of the city of Soldaneselar to to hide the, the what's it? Hide mm-hmm. the widget. And uh, he did that. And Bodhi did it. Well, there you go. And so Bodhi, of all the places one could go, you could go to, I don't know, um, Anorak. Mm-hmm. You could go to Thay. Mm-hmm. You could go to the Abyss. You could literally open a portal to the Abyss and go there. Mm-hmm. You could go to Ten Towns. Mm. Mm. You could go to Baldur's Gate. Sure. You can go to Waterdeep. You could go back to the uh, Asylum, a place we have no way to get back to. You could go to Mr. Anor. Mm-hmm. You can go to Shadowdale. Mm-hmm. You can go to Menzo Baranzan. Ooh. I'm just trying to name literally anywhere. Mm-hmm. 
you could go to watch her skate. It's on go, the map. You could go to uh, the underneath Baldur's Gate, back down down to the Temple of Ball, like in the bottom of the city. Oh yeah, that'd be a great place to go. Like nice little callback too. Mm-hmm. But Bodhi goes back <laughs> to her vampire lair. Mm-hmm. From all the way back in chapter two. A real homebody. Yeah. She ch- she left her toothbrush. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? You only got so many. And so... And the thing is, you've already turned that place out, right? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> we, we've, like... We, we've done, like, hotel room service there. Mm-hmm. We went in. We changed all the sheets. Mm-hmm. We uh, emptied all the trash cans. So, Ticklevar turn the place out, Balthazar knows it intimately because he the last time he had a job, he was working out of there. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. And so so yeah, that this this seems to be a, <laughs> a convenience. Mm-hmm. I mean they've built this big lush world. It does seem like there there is not a strong not a good reason, maybe. Mm-hmm. To build a whole new arena for this, but it would have been nice to see Bodhi go to uh, somewhere somewhere else that we've yeah. already been that isn't her own thing. But I also get it right because uh, this is the the peril of building an open world game or a non linear game, I should say, mm-hmm. is that like Bodhi can't show up in um, the Windspear Hills, for example, because we might not have cleared the Windspear Hills yet. Mm-hmm. You know. So, I, I see how they're backed into that corner, and the only way to, like, unback yourself from that corner would be to create a whole new area, and sure. they just might not have had time, so. I guess. I'm going to talk mean, about that in a second. You're going to talk about them not having any time? Yeah. Because they did. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, so you got to go back to F. Catla and... You know where she is. The, I think the journal implies where she is. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's there's a, a a bunch of steps that I took on the way there. I don't feel like Balthazar took those steps, but mm. um, I see here in the in the show notes you got a thing called forests. Yeah. So I I don't even look at the journal and I say, oh well, where's Bodhi? And mm-hmm. I leave the the kind of exit of the underdark area, like the encampment, and I see that there are several like forests that were not there before so basically getting to chapter six unlock these forests right Mm -hmm. so i'm thinking hey new content unlocked by the chapter got to be relevant to what we're doing here right i don't think that's unfair of me to assume right no i think that's a, a very safe assumption so the first place i go to is a place called the small teeth pass i click it and on the way there i am met with a beloved character. Is it Elminster? It's not Elminster. Hmm. It's not the Black Panther. That's the that's a, the wrong universe. It's the wrong extended universe. What about the Pink Panther? Closer. Uh, who's the the guy who can't see very well and he can't hear and he just kind of stumbles his way through the the world? Mm, Leslie Dec- Nielsen, Deckard Kane. Oh, yeah. Is it Deckard Kane? <laughs> it's not Deckard Kane. Okay. Um, it's Dritz. Oh, what? Uh, famous uh, Drow from uh, the the novels. The, oh, for, I was about to say from the first Baldur's Gate game. <laughs> also from the first Baldur's Gate game. You can't make a Forgotten Realms game without getting Dritz in there. It's true. Um, uh, that's one of the reasons why Siege of Dragonspear got some really contentious reviews. The Dritz count was very was abnormally low. It was it was uh, it tended toward infinitely <laughs> zero. Yeah, tended toward infinity on the bad side. Mm-hmm. So, well, what did he have to say? They were looking for Bruner's pink hammer. There's they were they were hamming it up about Bruner's like very, um, I guess, uh, stereotypically masculine and views the color pink as a feminine affectation and was getting very upset at his adventuring party of Wolfgar and Cadibri and Dritz at hinting that his hammer that he has lost might be pink. That's literally what they were talking about. Well, they shouldn't be bullying him. He's their elder. He is by several centuries, right? By a couple, yeah, at least. 
uh he's old he's an old dwarf so yeah so dritz might be pretty old too i forget uh no i don't think so i think he's like less than 100 years old oh but his ceiling's quite high yeah absolutely yeah (laughs) yeah um he peaked early that's Mm -hmm. the real problem with dritz jordan Mm -hmm. but uh but yeah so this is his whole like adventuring party from a million novels Mm -hmm. yeah and uh well what did you so what did this interaction so i i also uh, had this interaction happen i think it just happens when you travel away from here no i believe so going. um so what what did you say well dritz is like hey there buddy have i ever seen you before and i said yeah i saw you you were i helped you kill some gnolls back in Baldur's gate one back in mm. the back in the game before this and he was like oh i'm sorry if i don't remember you um have you seen this hammer and I had the option to say, yeah, but I can't remember. I have not seen that hammer. We definitely haven't seen that hammer, right? I haven't seen that hammer, but I did say, yeah, I saw it somewhere around here. <laughs> okay. And they said, oh, well, that's too bad. Anything else we can do for you? And I said, nope. And then I bid them farewell forever. You really you really made a choice here, huh? Well, I don't know. I didn't think I needed their help. Well, I, well they said, hey, is there anything I can help you with? Mm-hmm. I said, well, dang, gee whiz, <laughs> golly, Drizzt Doerden, famed fantasy hero, I, I gotta go kill a vampire, and he said, wait a minute, I heard that vampire got defeated, I was, I was gonna kill that vampire, mm. he doesn't, he doesn't say that part, but he does say, <laughs> I, I heard about this vampire, that vampire's not there, and I said, well, wouldn't you know it, gosh golly, that vampire's back in there again, that vampire's back in her old house, <laughs> And he said, well, do you need any help? And I said, yeah, I think I do. I think I need a lot of help. <laughs> he said, all right, I'll meet you there. And then they just walked away. No shit. Yeah. So, like, that is that is group number one that Whoa. I recruited for my uh, Bodhi killing adventure. Well, well, before you move on to group number two, I move to the Small Teeth Pass, right? With that mm-hmm. thing on my map. Mm-hmm. Literally nothing there. It is a full zone with full art assets. There is a group of Onkegs there. Okay. Okay. It is as big as one of the large areas in Baldur's Gate 1. It is like the most reminiscent thing from Baldur's Gate. You remember that that stuff like in the southwest of Baldur's Gate? Mm-hmm. Right? Just those like zones with nothing in them. The small teeth passes that. So I roll around there and there are three Onkegs and I kill them. And that is it. Hmm. Balthazar is having like a a real like waiting for Godot moment, like just wandering out in the wilderness, like being met with adventurers trying to help him. No, I don't. I don't need anything. And he just like is wandering mm-hmm. in being nature. tempted by the devil. Maybe right. Who knows? So that was the small teeth pass. Uh, what was the uh, what was the the second group of people you went and talked to? Mm-mm. You just tell us about all these forests first. You want to do I have a more... you, wanna, you don't want to do group, and then I could describe Mm-mm. a forest with nothing in it, and then you could do a group, and then I could s- describe a forest with nothing in it. Mm-mm. I mean, you could you could just summarize it real quick here. I think. <laughs> so then I go to the north forest, and it's the same thing. It's a big forest. There's there are a few more enemies in it, and it's very. Uh, this is some real D and D ass stuff where you got a adventuring party of Yon T. You got hmm. like an undead group. The you got like, are back, huh? They're just hanging around in this in the north forest. Well, that's interesting. This is the first time we've seen the Yuan Ti that is not directly involved with slavery. Who knows? I don't know what they're doing in the <laughs> yeah, north that's forest. True. That's um, true. And there's like another adventuring party with like a mage and some people, like and hmm. thief and things like that. Kind mm-hmm. of the anti-adventuring party, and that is it. Hmm. And then the final forest I went to was the forest of Tethir, and I immediately go and I look at the map, and there's an icon on the map that says Wolfware Lair. (laughs) And I walk up to it, and there's no one there. So I walk around the map, and this is the most annoying area I have ever traversed in this game because it is a bunch of tree trunks you have to, like, cross in order to get to a different area. Mm, Yeah. And so when I get to a clearing, and I know that that's a clearing I can access from my tree trunk, my instinct is to click on that clearing, so I'll walk there. However, the fog of war has not been revealed to the point where my ramp exit into that area, so I immediately just start walking the other way, because my character doesn't know how to get there. 
because like part of the path is in the fog of war so very annoying i eventually meet koran c-o-r-a-n mm-hmm. and he basically says hey don't i know you and i say i don't remember you and i don't know if i've met koran or not He's and a druid from the from Baldur's Gate one, I think. It may be. I think he is objectively the worst character, <laughs> the, like the worst NPC. I think. I don't know if that's true or not. But Just for in some terms reason, of not being memorable. No, I, like in terms of statistically. <laughs> oh. Like just uh, pure numbers. So Koran is saying, "Hey, I remember you though. You're you're great, and we're kindred spirits. And my 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 crush, Safana, she's um." She she got taken by wolfwares, and I said, hey, sure, I'll, I'll help you. And we go there, and Safana, sure enough, is being held by wolfwares, and the, this weird thing happens where I'm just going to where I know the wolflare is, right? Mm-hmm. And Balthazar's got on the paws of the cheetah, so Balthazar moves very quickly. Yeah. And I go through, and like a group of wolfwares spawn, but I just walk through them, and they don't interrupt me whatsoever, and I get to like the area where the NPCs are. And dialogue triggers. And dialogue triggers, and there's like a group of eight wolfwares right behind me. And Koran appears and starts talking to Safana. And Safana basically is talking to the head wolfware, saying, Here, here's Balthazar. I told you we would lead him to you. Let us go now. Right? So Safana is just trying to double-cross me. Koran, however, appears to be unaware of this plot to double-cross me. And Koran is like, no, Safana, don't do this. I'm here to rescue you. And Safana's like, shut up, Koran. And then the head wolfware murders Safana, saying nobody tells me what to do. Oh, so, God. Yeah. Another and Balthazar then, in the and, wild. And then the wolfware turns to Koran and be like, now that she's out of the way, we can be together. And Koran's Whoa. like, what are you talking about? And and the wolfware's like, no, I've got the biggest crush on you. I've been wanting you all this time. Now we can finally be together. And Koran was like, no, I like Safana. I'm going to attack you now. And uh, the wolfware then attacks all of us. And the problem is I've got a train of wolfwares right behind me that immediately just aggro Koran, right? This, this encounter is twice as big as the computer intended it to be, <laughs> which is not a problem for Balthazar, but is a big problem for Koran because he's just instigibbed mm-hmm. by like far too many wolfwares. And then I'm much like everything at this stage in the game, I murder everything, but there is no resolution after that because Koran is dead. Well, and that was this area. Well, that seems that seems like there was something there. There was something there. I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure why. So is <laughs> is this the reason you believe they had more time? Yeah, because these were like very well detailed areas, mm, right? I don't. No. They didn't look like recycled or anything. Well, this sounds like the opposite to me. This sounds like they had built out. They had like commissioned the art, or they had assigned art team people to build these areas, and they got to the end, and they were like, "Oh shit, we don't have the time to populate this with anything." Mm. No, I mean, so maybe not enough time, but just not a wise use of time. Instead of making three forests with very little content, maybe just only make one area and have more content in it. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, it seems to like from the structure you're describing, this sounds like it was meant to be like one full. Um, what do you call it? Like, uh, like chapter two zone. You know yeah, what I mean? It's, yeah, it seemed like a chapter two zone with like maybe a little uh, quest dealing with Safana and Koran and the wolfwares. Who knows, right? But, yep. Um, another little tidbit in the forest of Tethir, there is a cave. And when you go in the cave, there is a two chamber cave with a group of Koatoa, Kotao. How, how, what do we say that? Was? I don't know. Yeah, I know you're fish talking people. about fish people. Murlocs, and you kill them, and then you go, you start leaving, and there's another group, and that is it. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe so, it was meant to bind all of these disparate areas together into that one, one story. That one cave. They were the slavers all along. Oh my God! You on you on tier just the front men. Mm-hmm. Oh. The snake people are just the face, but the real brains behind the outfit are the fish people. My God. But also, that's that seems to be as real as anything else. Yes, and that was Balthazar's adventure in the forest. Okay. 
Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> but you you go to Athkatla eventually, right? You sure. go do the actual quest. Yeah, later on. Okay. Well, so I go to Athkatla and I was like, I got a list of shit to do. Mm-hmm. So for the first time ever, um, while while playing the section, I went on to Sorcerer's Place mm-hmm. to look at the strategy guide because I was interested in how to get, because we had this conversation before, mm-hmm. a couple episodes back, about the Mace of Disruption and how you can upgrade it to like Mace of Disruption plus two. Yes. And I thought, hey, I'm, I'm killing undead. This might be important. Lo and behold, it was not important. Um, mostly because upgrading the Mace of Disruption is impossible. Why it's is very, it impossible? You have to like start a quest and then, and then like it's one of those scenarios where you can give someone the real thing or the fake thing. Mm. You know what I mean? Like the, the fake object. And so you keep to, to get the Mace of Disruption, you like, there's like ore and you keep the real ore and you give them the fake ore and then you go to Cromwell and do all that. And that just seemed like a lot of work, so I didn't do it. But while I was there, I gave in to my um, uh, impatience, and I looked up to see because I'd already recruited Drizzt, uh, mm-hmm. uh, like kind of naturally. And I was like, "Dang, if I can get him, can I get other people?" And you can. Ooh. So let me let me tell you the people who I wandered around Athkatla recruiting. Mm-hmm. Aaron Linvale, I go to the Ooh, Shadow Thieves, the big boss. The big boss of the Shadow Thieves. My, in Balthazar's my dimension, he is in his bedroom with like 20 people dead, just like rotting, in a, in a big warehouse filled with corpses. He is not that way in my game. He is mm-hmm. doing fine in his bedroom. <laughs> and he says, I say, hey, what's up? And he's like, well, dang, you're back. And I was like, yes, I'm back. And you definitely knew that Saman Haverian was going to betray me, didn't you? And he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on now. A. I did not know that Samon Haverian was going to betray you multiple times. <laughs> B, you know, like I, I was straight up with you that Samon Haverian was not a Shadow Thieves guy. He was just someone we were contracting with, outside mm-hmm. contractor. The the Blackwater of the Shadow Thieves, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then he said, uh, and C, you saw Brynlaw. Like the kind of person who goes to Brynlaw, probably not trustworthy. <laughs> so you get what you get. Man, once again, said. once again, being the most like lawful of all thieves. Yeah, he just kind of laid it out for me, and impossible to argue. But what was pretty cool, I think, this is uh, one of the better story beats, I think, in the whole game. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he was like, "Well, look, what do you want me to do about Samon Haverian?" So I had these options where I could be like, "Live and let live," or uh, "I'll deal with it on my own," or "Track him down and kill him." And I was like. I want you to track Samon Haverian down and kill him. <laughs> Rad. And then, and then he was like, all right, we'll do that. Um, you know, but the Shadow Thieves are patient, so we're going to wait it out. Ten-year plan. Ten-year plan. And he did not <laughs> say anything more about it. So I thought that was pretty cool. I, I thought that was a really good payoff. Yeah. For, no, I dig that. For that relationship. And, uh, but yeah, then I was like, hey, Bodhi is back. And he was like, yes, I've also heard that Bodhi is back. It's bad for everybody because she's definitely going to try to consolidate power again and do all the same shit again. So I'll give you my two best assassins. Ooh. And they'll they'll meet you there in the graveyard district. So that's my group number two that I've recruited. And so I and I think that I probably would have gotten Aaron Linvale. Like I probably would have uh, tried that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if only to go and use like the Shadow Thieves fence guy. Yeah. To, like yeah. buy arrows and stuff. But this—it's the third one that, that you would have never—you would have never organically discovered. Yeah, never would have gotten there. The Order of the Radiant Heart. Ooh, which, if we remember, was kind of just a a building back in the Temple District, back yeah. way back in Chapter Two. Yeah, if you are a paladin, if your PC is a paladin, this is your like stronghold. Mm. Um. And I think that if you get some of the Paladin NPCs, I think there's at least one, maybe two Paladin NPCs. It, like, intersects with the Order of the Radiant Heart. And there's a couple side quests, I think, too. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so there's very little intersection in our games that we have played with the uh, Well, Balthazar had a fair amount of intersection a couple episodes back when his reputation got too low and they kept just invading his nonsense. Well, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but I think uh, that might have happened again, right? <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Tur- um, turns out you turn into the Slayer just to try it out back in Brinlaw, and your reputation goes down below a threshold. Forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I go to the Order of the Radiant Heart, and, like, this, this guy who is a, uh, uh, kind of like a, I don't know, like a doorman, like a paladin doorman. He, like, mm-hmm. shows up, and he's like, what do you want? And I was like, there's vampires in this damn city. Ooh. And he was like, holy shit, let me take you to my guy. And he, like, runs me right up the ladder to the top paladin. And the top paladin was like, all right, fine. We're sending a contingent of the Radiant Heart with you. They will meet you in the graveyard district. So I've recruited three separate powerful groups for storming Bodhi's lair. Were there any other groups you could uh, recruit? I don't think so. I think like only you couldn't three. like interface with your stronghold in any way. I didn't try, mm. but I don't think so. Okay. I believe I believe it is only these three, and it, and uh, it correlates to there's three named vampires before you fight Bodhi that you have to kill. So, like, one of these groups kind of spawns in to help you with each of those three vampires. I see. Yeah. There's some symmetry to it. But you came to Athcatla. Yeah, and I, I, I came with with some with business on my mind. I just had, like, a, long, a, list, a list written in, the, in my back pocket that I've been meaning, stuff I've been meaning to complete. Mm-hmm. So I go to my, I think, our little stash spot. In Joaquin's Promenade, which is a table, right? Yep. Has your stuff been disturbed? No, I'm still there. So you got to remember in the fiction, Balthazar comes back from this multi-month trip down in the Underdark. He's, he, he has no room in his inventory. He starts, like, throwing ancient swords and artifacts and tomes onto a table. And this Gith Yankee appears. Mm-hmm. And starts like talking in the most patronizing way possible to Balthazar, like talking down to him. Basically, at oh, one point no. you say, "Who? What are you talking about?" And he says, "Let me, uh, let me start talking a little slower for you, okay? Lower life form." He says basically that. Oh, and he says he wants this uh, silver blade, and I don't even know what's in my inventory in this moment. Balthazar doesn't care because <laughs> somebody just told him what to do. Oh, God. You don't so do that. I, so I say, well, I'm, your head's going to be on a pike, sir. Sir, your, your head's going to be on a pike. And so this gets Zerai, or gets Yankee, attack me. And when that happens, two gets Zerai appear, and they get, get Yankee appear, and they start, uh, you know, throwing their psionics at me, and I go berserk. And around that time, the Order of the Radiant Heart appears. And they say, well, you uh, have crossed below the reputation threshold. We live in like a, a liberal dystopia where everyone has this number attached to their citizenship. What? Just just watch the watch episode one of season three of Black Mirror. And that's 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 that's, that's Athkatla for you. I, like, and they say, I you love are, the idea that they verbalize you have dropped below the reputation threshold. <laughs> and they like pull out a gun like Judge Dredd. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, so they start attacking me. I'm like, oh, dear Lord. So I kill the first Skith Yankee that was attacking me, and I just take, I pick up a sword hilt, and then I kill the, uh, the caster that appears with the Radiant Heart, and then I zone out and zone back in, and then I attack the other Gith Yankee, and there's, uh, and one of the Gith Yankee fires like a lightning bolt at me, and it hits the poor merchant in front of my <laughs> loot table and kills him. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the Omnian soldier, like, the, you know, the Om soldiers have, like, this very unique uh, uh, model. Like, mm-hmm. you can recognize them. They're the only people that look like that. Kind of a conquistador helmet. Um, he start, He gets in on the action. He's he's fighting the Radiant Heart and the Gith Yankee. He doesn't care. He's They're, they're disturbing his order. And... And he kills several of them. He's the strongest <laughs> enemy in the game, apparently. <laughs> they're, they're very strong. I and... remember playing this game as like a teenager and just mm-hmm. attacking them to see what would happen and getting demolished. And uh, so when I zoned out, I actually went back to the docks district to go to the Temple of Ogma to like give them $7,000 <laughs> so that they'll like raise my reputation level to the point. 
Because like you, you will the the radiant heart has unlimited numbers of people. These are not even real people. They have to be constructs because they're just they're pumping them out. They're more. They're not that many paladins in the real world. Not that that not that many real ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so finally, I kill all the Gith Yankee. There's this dead merchant, and I pick up a bunch of like components. I pick up like back in the back in the Underdark. I picked up uh, this girdle of frost frost uh, giant strength. Right. Mm-hmm. I picked up a vorpal blade and a vorpal hilt, and not a vor- uh, like a, a sword blade and a sword hilt. And I just picked up a silver hilt, and I had a silver hilt from earlier, like that Saman had. All this stuff, and I go to Cromwell, and I make the following three things: I make the Cromfair hammer. I make a silver vorpal sword, which is a two-handed sword, and I make the equalizer. So Cromfair is a hammer that raises your strength to 25, and it kills, like, all constructs in one hit. So, like, all golems just die when they get hit by it. That's pretty good. The vorpal sword is a plus-three two-handed weapon that... uh, on a hit, there's a 25% chance that the enemy will just have to save versus death with a negative two saving throw. Um, and the equalizer is a sword that does more damage and uh, that does more damage and has a higher Thaco modifier the further you are away from neutral. So if you're mm. true neutral, it's very bad. But if you're lawful good or chaotic evil, it's very good. It's like a plus five. So. Hmm. I made all of those things, and uh, and I've, now I'm rocking the uh, the Crom Fair in the offhand for the 25 strength, and still I've still got that katana from like basically the beginning of this game, Celestial Fury or whatever it's, it's called, Celestial Fury. Yeah, y- yeah, yep. It's it- still very good because most enemies are still failing the saving throw, and they're just like getting held by it. Yeah, it's brutal. The animation's good too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, so that was my little uh, my little adventure, just making stuff. So just you making making uh, these things. I'm probably not going to use some of them. Cromwell's probably thinking you can't even use these three weapons. What are you doing? I'm like, just look. I've got I've got to do this. It's part of Balthazar's long term plan to stock up on like legendary, uh, mind blowing equipment. Balthazar they, is basically the gun nut in Tremors. <laughs> the guy who is now the main character of the Tremors franchise? Is he the main character now? A hundred percent. Like the past two Tremors movies. I don't know why I know this. I don't know why, <laughs> why I know about know the Tremors franchise. But yeah, basically, I forget what that dude's name is. Mm-hmm. But uh, like Tremors, th- I think three. So two is the one without Kevin Bacon in it. Dear Lord. And then, but the gun guy is still in it. And then, uh, three, four, five are, I think, all have him as the main character. Hmm. Yep. Yep. And he's like a badass, cool guy. They, I feel like they may have been leaning into the wrong direction there. The most recent one had Jamie Kennedy in it. Hmm. Also, I watched it. <laughs> as if I don't have other shit going on in my life. No, you don't. You obviously. <laughs> like, apparently, I don't. Dear Lord. Uh, well, you're going to anyway. be behind on a deadline and you're going to think I watched Tremors five, but they, they, they fly in, they dig in the ground now. <gasps> Dear Lord. Yeah. It's cool. Tremors six. They just, they can phase in and out through the ethereal plane. They have dimension door. Yeah. Have <laughs> a, a tremor comes in and it yell, it hollers and then time stop happens. <laughs> oh, dang. We're, we're really missing out. Oh, the trimmer, please hire us to write Trimmer 6. Beam I will, dog. I will get I, those rights, crossover, Forgotten Realms Trimmers. Oh my god. I gotta get our guy at Beam Dog. <laughs> we I'll send do. that in. Mm-hmm. Get, get Phil Daigle on the horn. I'm gonna send an email in and ask if they're interested. And when Let's... they send me an email back that says no, I'll screen cap it and I'll put it in, okay. the, uh, in the next video. Mm-hmm. Um, well, some other cool stuff that I did, just kind of like uh, uh, hanging around here. Okay. Uh, I've had Yoshimo's heart in my inventory. Why do you have Yoshimo's heart in your inventory? I don't know. When he died, it dropped it. And I was like, I guess I'll look, you know, grab that thing. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't put it there if you you weren't supposed to do something with it. 
God, this is where D&D is really straying from its Gygaxian simulation roots. Every enemy should drop a heart. Maybe only you need Yoshimos, but you should get a heart from everybody. I'm so, you know, take it up, take it up, Gary. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so I do that, and and so at some point over the past couple episodes, I have like clicked on the thing, and it uh, says you can take it to the Temple of Ilmater and have a priest get rid of the Gias, Gies, Gias. I forgot how we uh. Uh, decided to say that, but the the wh- why he died, right? His mm-hmm. kind of like magical bond to the mission that um, Irenicus put him on, and so I took it to the Temple of Ilmater that's in Joaquin's Promenade, and it, another really kind of interesting conversation happened uh, where the priest said, "Well, what's up?" <laughs> and you kind of get two options. One is like Yoshima was a good person who was kind of trapped. Uh, in this situation and he should be spared from the abyss basically Mm. and the other option was like I told this guy that I would bring this heart to you to let Ilmater decide if he should be in the abyss or not whoa right so one is kind of an advocacy and one was like I you know I'm just doing my job and uh, I just chose the doing my job one this is a this is an interesting little uh, metaphysical the metaphysical implications of whether he should be in the abyss or not. Is yeah. the abyss an afterlife in Forgotten Realms? Yeah, that's where souls go. All of them? Not all of them, but some so, so like Loth like Loth dedicants go to the demon web pits. Sure. So it, but, but okay, so not I just feel like souls go to certain extra planar places, right? Yes. And some of those places are in the abyss. Some of those places might be in the nine hells if you were, uh, if you were way into like Despotter or, or you know, uh, what's yeah. that other Asmodeus? Name? Asmodeus, the big one, yeah. Uh, yes. Um, okay. So I wonder what was well. What was... I think the the stakes here of going to the abyss uh, have to do with. Um, did he break the gears or not? Oh, right. Because if you don't, you're like gesh. Because mm-hmm. uh, if you do, you're like damned for eternity. Is kind of the idea, right? Oh, so maybe that was a the the very fact that uh, it was just spelled out in the contract. Exactly. They just thought of the most unpleasant place you could be, and be like, ah, wherever the demogorgon is, yeah, that jungle one. Yeah, I think that's just part of the part of the deal. Oh, that'd be a bad one. That's a real bad one. You don't want to be like, there. Or like one of the underwater ones would also be pretty bad. You would just like always be drowning but not die. And just every so often like a shark would eat you. They all sound bad. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> all of them sound bad. Yeah. They don't call it the fun time place. It is called <laughs> the abyss. Yeah. Um, but uh, but but yeah, so, so I did that. And what I kind of appreciated about it is that the game does not, it doesn't say like, hey, you you saved his soul. It's just like, all right, I'm gonna the priest you give it to just says, all right, I'll pray on it. Mm. And I got two million experience points. Two million? Yeah, I got a lot. Mm. But uh, but yeah, I like that. It was not. It wasn't ambiguous. It was just like, you're a hero. You have a heroic story. Your intersection with Yoshimo's story has now ended. And like you did your duty, so I, I appreciate that quest design. I like that. Yeah, and and it kind of gives the it fleshes the world out and makes it feel more realistic instead of the world being centered around you, the character. To be like, yeah, your time with Yoshimo's story has ended. Yoshimo, what's going to happen to him is like independent of you now. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to have a result, and you might not even know about it. But that's just the way the world works. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I also, uh, gave a paladin an orphan. Hmm. Yeah. There's yeah, like was a, the orphan okay with that? I don't know. The orphan was just like, oh, my parents are dead. And I'd, uh, overheard a paladin talking about how his whole family had died. And, uh, I put two and two together. Oh, that's interesting. I guess paladins aren't chased, are they? No. Yeah, they can just have, have a real life. They can be yeah. weekend warriors. You can do whatever you want when you're a paladin. That's a, it, it's pretty close to being a Balthazar. 
it's, it's god's like a, on your side it's like about it literally is it's like being a balthazar but with a god being on your side mm-hmm. whereas balthazar definitely lives in like a nietzschean lawless <laughs> universe of hyper chaos mm-hmm. where power is the only thing that makes order mm-hmm. he's uh he's somewhere between the lion and the child mm-hmm. and he says you shall not and the, ch- and the child creates and balthazar kind of creates just guts in the countryside and in the gutters like that so he, he's getting there mm-hmm. thus somebody somebody balthazar. needs to introduce like a watercolor to balthazar <laughs> just give him some other options there's only there's only two things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i finally went to the catacombs okay so you went to the graveyard district went to the graveyard district Went to the catacombs. Well, I got I got uh, intersected. The second I go to the graveyard district, uh, there's Bodie, and she mean mugs me. She's waiting on you. Yeah, like she she's says, checking her watch. She's tapping her foot. She's saying, "Where is he?" Yeah, and and she says, "Yeah, we're you shouldn't have come here. We're gonna get you. You shouldn't cross uh, Irenicus." And I said, "I'm gonna put your head on a pike." Yeah, I said that too. Um, and she says, "Well." I'm gonna sick these people on on you. And Balthazar at this point is absurdly powerful. Yeah, like he's max level, but he has like in-game weapons. His strength is always 25. He's always got a haste on. Like it's obscene, right? So it's 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 no problem. And Balthazar. So when you encounter Bodhi at the graveyard, like all those people that said they would help you weren't there. No. Not, mm. not at the because I didn't say. To, to be fair, they did say we will meet you in the catacombs. Oh, so that's so on the way there, they probably pass Bodie and be like, "Ah, we're we're meeting the person that's after you." Yeah. Well, they don't know what she looks like. Mm. None of them do. Oh, she could have just been standing there, <laughs> and she was like looking. She's like, "Oh, is that?" Oh, no, never mind. Mm-hmm. And she went back to reading Facebook <laughs> on her phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so yeah, she summons like a bunch of vampires, and she was like, "Oh, if you survive this, I I implore you to leave." And I just annihilate these vampires mm-hmm. as well, because uh, I'm not quite, you know, obviously not not as powerful as Balthazar, but I am. Uh, but you have six people in your party. Six people, and they're all like level fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Yeah, it's there, very so. that's a that's a very powerful party. Yeah, they're doing pretty good. So. Uh, we kill those vampires and we go into the catacombs and I'm very uh, I'm very surprised when I go into the catacombs because immediately the Order of the Radiant Heart spawns in beside me and they're like, here we go, boys. <laughs> Let's do it. You're knocking back some cold ones with the boys. Yeah, we are. Uh, with, with, uh, with the paladins. And by knocking back cold ones, you are knocking out cold undead ones. But yeah, so we go in and, and it's really like they're really more in the way than they are helpful <laughs> at this point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we just we kill some some um, kill some vampires, and then we go up in the uh, the next little chamber that's like full of the pl- the pool of blood. Mm. If you remember that chamber, mm-hmm. we go there, and Drizzt Dewarden and his party are just in there slaying vampires too, and they're like, "Hey, glad you could join us." No, 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 no. And then, uh, very really interestingly, after you kill like the boss they are associated with, or the the named vampire that each of these groups is associated with, mm-hmm. their all, their posse goes away, and like mm-hmm. the leader stays with you up through the Bodhi fight. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, well, the, which made for an interesting scenario where the main like dining room area mm-hmm. in the catacombs had. I want to say like ten vampires in it, more than I was comfortable fighting, mm. uh, without getting like real level drained and stuff. And so I sent some summons into into the thing. I just summoned up a bunch of swords and whatnot. They're the most dangerous enemy in the game. Oh, actually, no. I summoned elementals for this. I have a, I have a quite good sword story uh, in a second mm. though. Summoned a bunch of elementals and like skeletons, and I sent them in, and they're fighting. And like Mazzy goes in and like takes a few shots with her bow and comes back out. And uh, the Shadow Thieves spawn in with the, the kind of like their two assassin captains who are going to help me out. And they just die. Like, mm. they, they are not equipped. for. And, like, <laughs> lo and behold, the Shadow Thieves were not doing very well. Ooh. But, yeah, the, the vampires just straight up kill them. And But there are only two assassins, right? No, it's like the two named assassins and a bunch of lackeys. Oh. And they all get killed, like every single one of them. So they are not around to help me 
uh, kill Bodhi, sadly, um, at the end. But yeah, so you kill the three main named assassins. Mm-hmm. You stake them. Yeah, you go to that little side room, and I think that the the passageway downstairs is not open until you stake them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then, like, a little door opens, and you can go down to the bottom where you fought Bodhi the first time, way, way back, if you fought, or where, where I fought Bodhi the first time, way, way back in time. Mm. Um, and all throughout this area, in, in, in this final boss room with Bodhi, basically, there are... Like pools of blood that presumably heal the vampires. Did you catch this? No. Did the ma- that fight was over in five seconds. Yeah, yeah. It, it <laughs> didn't. It didn't end up mattering much for me. But it seems like so. The holy water that you have mm. that, that you get from the the elf guy at the beginning of this chapter, you can mm-hmm. pour the holy water into the pools of blood, and the tooltip thing that you get for it says like. The vampires will no longer be able to draw power from it. But I could not figure out what that meant. Hmm. So, little little uh, unsolved mechanic here. But, Interesting. But this fight is one where I summoned five uh, Mordekanian swords. I cast <laughs> haste on them. I had Immowin. Because you've got, like, mass haste, right? Well, all haste is mass all. haste. Hmm. Um, and so I, I had Immowin uh, hide in the shadows, go up to the door open the door, all the swords fly in, I close the door behind them. Oh, Lord. And they just fight all these vampires. You can just watch the thing going up where they're just fighting the shit out of vampires, and eventually all the swords get killed. Because mm-hmm. Bodhi can hit the swords. They're like the, on- the only enemy in the game that can hit these swords. <laughs> and so then I just summoned a bunch of skeletons and elementals and opened the door and sent them through it and then closed the door behind them. Um, and I think this Bodhi- is this is the Lord's perfect game. Oh, it's it's amazing. Baldur's <laughs> Gate, the Baldur's Gate franchise is perfect. Um, and then Bodhi was able to kill them as well. And so then I finally I opened the door and then had everyone like cast magic spells at Bodhi and she died. Mm. So when I walk in the, I I had haste already on before I opened the door. I opened the door and I see Bodhi. So I do the thing where I paused, initiated dialogue with Bodhi so that Balthazar would go all the way up to her initiate and initiate dialogue so that when she was finished initiating dialogue, I would be next to her. Hmm. Yeah. So in a lot of, and I noticed this back in Baldur's Gate 1, if you, in a situation where normally the enemy would start talking as, as soon as they see you, if you can initiate dialogue with them quickly enough... You will walk over before dialogue initiates. Good lord! Yeah. So she she talks and I say, "Yeah, you are going to die." As I'm standing right next to her, <laughs> like whispering. Yeah. Like, Excuse me. <laughs> You're gonna die. Um. Once dialogue's off, I hit pause before she even turns red. I attack her, and like before she attacks me, I've hit her for twenty two, like six times. Oof. And then. Another dialogue happens, which is her low health dialogue, <laughs> like immediately happens. It says, oh, no. <laughs> then I hit in, pause again, attack. I think she got two attacks on me. It was bad. It was just, it went very, very quickly for Bodhi. It's very, um, it's utterly ridiculous that when I look at my character, it says Bodhi is the strongest enemy I defeated when I killed that silver dragon. Huh, That that is interesting. Yeah. I wonder if there's like a calculus it's doing. I mean, I think it's just by the amount of experience rewarded and Bodhi rewarded like 91,000 or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. And there's some books in here too. Yeah, there are three books. Let's talk about these books. All three of them are ancient vampire tomes, basically. Written in blood in a forgotten language. So I had no idea. Did you look up what these were for? No, I did not. So I went to the Temple of Agma because it says, like, interrogate, like, there's Bodhi's notes in them. And they're about, like, Mm -hmm. where the vampire curse came from, basically. Mm. And so it, like, uh, it says, uh, interrogate the Agma priest. And, like, two of the books said that they were from the Temple of Agma. Like that's where they came from. Had the library stamp in the on the inside, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, the last person that checked them out, Bodhi, mm-hmm. twelve eleven dr, 
and then mm-hmm. nothing else after that. Condition VG, very good. Oh, V, wow. Oh, so it's not even a, maybe this isn't a library. This is like a school book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so I go to the Temple Ogma. They there's like not even a conversation to be had about this thing. Like they yeah. don't they don't give a shit about it at all. And so I like I looked it up. I looked it up to see what was up with it. Can I make a guess before you tell me? I did not look this up, but you, I have a guess. You absolutely can. Is this uh, like an unfinished quest where the player character could contract vampirism and this would be a way to cure it? Mm, no. Okay. You're like halfway there. Okay. So apparently if you've done a romance with someone in your party, and I want to say I'm nine-tenths of the way through the romance with Viconia, um, like so much like the Viconia like whole romance tree uh goes in very strange directions and i'm i maybe we'll talk about that next episode in our kind of like wrap-up episode Mm -hmm. or our miscellaneous episode but um but so apparently if you've done a full romance with someone and you have like a beloved or whatever a romantic interest uh bodhi will abduct them in the middle of the fight and turn them into a vampire whoa and then they're like dead or they're they're all vampired up, and this is part of a quest that that uh, you do to unvampire them. Wow, it's just interesting that we have taken our time in this game, and yet you haven't completed Viconia's romance by this time. It's really strange. I don't know. I I'm I'm assuming you can speed it up or something. Um, mm. yeah, I would say I'm very close to having completed it, but I'm not. I'm not maybe you don't rest it. enough. I, I think I, maybe I don't. I don't Interesting. know. But, uh, but yeah. Uh, and, and so I read a little bit about it and I read the books too, like the, the little descriptions. And, uh, what's cool is that this ties into the Umar Hills quest that, Oh really? Yeah. So basically it seems like part of the, the vampiric curse, at least in this region, comes from the kind of like dark god stuff in the temple of Amenator. The forgotten god, yeah. Yeah. So so that stuff intersects. And you can go there and you can put vampire hearts, the, the heart of the vampire that turned you into a vampire, you can put it on the altar to Amenator and it will turn you back into it, not a vampire. Which is why Bodhi's heart dropped. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. So there That's you pretty go. cool. Yeah. So we've got the lantern. Next episode, we're going to go... Well, the next plot point is that mm-hmm. we go and we give it to the, the elves, and then we go to Soldan Esselar, and that is the last chapter of the game. We are not going to do that next episode. We are not going to do that. We're going to do a miscellaneous episode where we kind of do all the stuff that uh, we've been putting off. Mm-hmm. We're going to make a little list of that, but that'll be things like our... Um, stronghold quests that we never stronghold did. Stronghold quests. We need to. We need to do that. Is Watcher's Keep included in this? It can be if you want it to be. Okay, I will. I'll do it, and then I'll determine whether it is worth more or less content than a part of this next episode. How about that? Okay, that seems very fair to me. You can maybe just give us some like highlights too. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I think we all know that me doing. Uh, Durlag's me doing Durlag's Tower as a solo barbarian was maybe not the intended play experience of that mega dungeon. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if it's going to be the case in uh, in good old Watcher's Keep. So we'll see. Okay. Um, I need to go to kill some dragons. Mm-hmm. There's um, like illithids and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's, there's Kangax that I need to go fight. Oh yeah. So there's there's plenty of stuff. Yeah. We'll make a little list. We'll make a list. We'll publicize it on our social media before the next episode. Mm-hmm. But that'll that'll be a kind of a miscellaneous episode, just kind of catching up all the loose ends, and then we're into the end of the game. We're like we got maybe three episodes left. Whoa! Wowie! I I never thought we'd get here. You didn't think we'd finish the video game? Mm, I just thought that it was going to be one of those things where we just continued to play and we would be episode 50. And we're like, well, we're here we are. It's chapter three, episode 50. Mm. Yeah, we, relatively speaking, we have moved fairly quickly. Yeah, relatively. 
I mean, it's still we're we're playing for a couple hours and then we're doing a hour long episode. So mm-hmm. I guess eventually. I guess this is the thing. I think Baldur's Gate is very front-loaded in the hours when you decide to do all of Chapter 2. It really is. Right. (laughs) Like, if you delete the Chapter 2 side quest, Baldur's Gate's a pretty snippy game. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real tight. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, check us out on Twitter. All that's down in the description. You can uh, hit the like button if you would like to on this video, and uh, you should hit subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, You can come hang out in our Discord. The link for that is down there as well. Uh, Thanks to John Fio, who created the Season 3 theme song. Uh, Enjoy it while it lasts. Enjoy it while it lasts. It's only a couple more episodes before we get a new one. And uh, I think that's it. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, we'll see you on the next episode. Ciao. I wonder.